Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stephen Colbert posted, because, you know, in, during the current unpleasantness, we've all had to, all the late night talk shows have been doing their interviews over Zoom. Um, mm. But it means they have to have the talent self-slate from their home and he compiled together famous people saying like you know Meryl Streep Stephen Colbert three two one but like all the people getting it wrong (laughs) just like not understanding that you have to say your name and not only Stephen Colbert and like and people be like three two one and like no no (laughs) you gotta it's not we gotta go back and do it again uh, that is, I have the exact same story, yeah. Uh, but for a different thing. So for um, we just did the Let It Go video. Mm-hmm. Um, so to sync everyone up, we just had like right at the start, yeah. right? Classic. Um, so what our sound engineer did for a lark <laughs> was just layer over the thirty singers and their claps, and it was literally just like. Like no one was in the same time with anyone nor the track so that was great that's delightful ah what is so hard about slating i know we i mean we they teach kids how to write checks in high school we should teach kids how to slate that is a more important life skill these days get that on the curriculum right now (laughs) welcome to jim and tomic's musical theater happy hour i'm tommy and i'm jimmy and this is the only musical theater podcast with all of skewers and mean reviewers here we take apart your favorite shows muddle them together with a shot of buffoonery and pour you a refreshing glass of musical theater conversation jimmy what are you drinking today well tommy today i'm just drinking pure unadulterated syrup. you know there's sugar in syrup is there? <laughs> yeah. Did you like the way I said syrup? I it was it it's was quite sexy. Oh, it, I was gonna use the word sensual, but now I'm I'm reeling back from that one because it's making me uncomfortable. Um, hey, read the quiz question. Syrup, syrup, and do you like the way I'm pronouncing it? Syrup. How would, I come from Minnesota. How would you say it with just your home accent? Setup. Really. <laughs> Well, that's if I was really putting it on. Okay. I would say syrup. Syrup. People, now I don't know what but I would setup. say. Setup. I would probably say syrup. But you wouldn't say 
you'd be, you'd be able to see like syrup. I you probably right. I probably wouldn't say syrup, but I'm from the Midwest where people do that's, that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, but I would probably say syrup, but I'm too into it now to know. But next time I do it without thinking about it, I'll think about it afterwards and I'll let everybody know. Thank you. I would <laughs> expect a tweet. Oh, by the way, I see it. It's like... gonna be in like five months. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. Anyway. Hey! A musical adaptation of this musical adaptation of this holiday film is, as far as we can tell, Jay Leno's only foray into musical theatre. What is it? What could it be? Jimmy, I think it's Elf. It's the story of Maria. It's the story of Maria. It's the story of And the books will fly right off the shelf. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We're doing uh, the Elf musical. It is currently <laughs> December 27th. Um, <clears throat> so r- knocking it out of the park. <laughs> Absolutely. We're still in the holiday spirit, aren't we? That's true. This, I mean, it's probably based on when my Amazon packages are going to arrive. The holiday season might last the next two months. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're in this like nebulous time, but... We're kind of in that time anyway, but I was going to say we're in that like nebulous time between Christmas and New Year. It is, it is like a double nebulous time zone, isn't double it? Double nebula. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's a time outside of time, outside of time. Well, I'm like for the first time experiencing it because normally I work. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'm fine. But not this time. I'm on holiday. And yeah, it is nebula. Yeah. Sleeping pattern gone. What time of day is it? Where are we? Is it Tuesday? Does anybody know? Exactly. Why is it half past midnight right now and I have the most energy I've had all day? Yep. Nobody knows. That's that time. Um, because of the nebula. Uh, so anyway, Elf. Um, <laughs> it has music by Mr. Matthew Sklar and lyrics. This is a fun one because everyone's got something to do with Elf. Uh, music <laughs> by Matthew Sklar. Lyrics by Chad Begulin. Uh, book by Thomas Meehan. And bob martin that's it's a, a lot of people and it's a wild crew like they've all worked on a, a of white man eh yeah that's true you know <laughs> telling this this, <laughs> this story of diversity no um yeah this beautiful beautiful harmonic exactly. story of diversity uh based as i'm sure you know on the 2003 movie elf uh it opened on broadway for a limited run in 2010 in the west End in 2015 i think it had a broadway revival in 2012 it's had yeah. a bunch of tours um apparently jimmy tells me it had an arena production tour in the uk oh it did in we'll 2018 talking, and 2019 we will be talking about that because yeah that's a fun one um and then as we discovered when we were trying to figure out this quiz question it was adapted mm-hmm. into a television movie short stop motion kind of like the rankin and bass movies featuring jay leno exactly emmy nominated i think yeah wild winning like, yeah who knew um hey tommy tell us the story of buddy the l Oh, this thing is the song. Let oh, me oh. open my book and make a local joke about the flora and fauna that'll make the adults <laughs> laugh in the audience. Ho, ho, ho. Boy, are my arms tired. Buddy the Elf is the story of a human child. <laughs> Buddy the Elf is the Elf. 
Oh, just Elf. It's just called yeah. Elf. Elf is the story <laughs> of a, a human child named Buddy uh, who mysteriously uh, and accidentally crawled into Santa's bag uh, in one night, one Christmas Eve day, uh, and was taken in by Santa and raised as an elf um, and did not know that he was indeed a human in spite of being much taller than his elf compatriots. Um, taught all the elf ways, is very happy and jolly all the time, builds toys, lives in Christmas Town. Um, and one day, some of uh, Buddy's uh, cotton-headed ninny muffins uh, uh, co-workers spill the beans. I don't want to put an explicit tag on this. <laughs> and uh, uh, divulge that Buddy is not an elf, but is indeed a human. So Buddy returns to his homeland of New York um, in search of his father. Uh, who he found. He's a bit of a Scroogeish character uh, who works for a children's book company. Um, he also falls in love, briefly works at a Macy's, and eats some spaghetti covered in syrup. And in the end, uh, they save Christmas. Other stuff happens in the middle, but it's really inconsequential. Pretty much. The main thing you need to know is he saves Christmas. He saves Christmas by making people believe. I mean, how else do you save Christmas? It's... <laughs> give me another, you know what I mean? Give me another way. I, I do wish they did pull the like, clap, clap if you believe in Christmas. Like Santa... Instead, they sang. And they do sing. And then Santa flies, not over the audience, but over the stage, very dimly lit in a sleigh. Yeah, very dimly lit. Yeah. So they, <laughs> you see, you can't, see, can't, see, can't see the wires. Um, exactly. Fun, um, fun Christmas time stuff. If you know the movie, it's the come on, it's the show. Yeah. Well, hey, first segue of the the pod, my friend. Let's talk about that movie. Vroom vroom. What sound does a segue make? Um, something probably like. <laughs> I think they're relatively quiet. Yeah, because it's like all right. Here we go. And if you're at a loss, remember the phrase that says to thine own elf be true. To thine own elf be true. For when it comes to Christmas displays, look inside and you'll know what to do. You'll know just what to do. Put some cheery folder on on every wall and every nook. Up each corner till it's Christmas everywhere you look. Give the world a holiday that's right as can be. Make it sparkle, jolly, twinkle, jingly. Great sound bait. Um, also, you said vroom vroom. That just reminded me of the classic babe. Oh, I mean, I'm in my mom's car. <laughs> wow! Listen to that. Do that again. <laughs> I don't know if I could. <laughs> do I want you to try? I'm in my mom's car. That's amazing. I I don't think I've ever made you do like English. <laughs> I like that. That's, there's something deeply satisfying about that. But yes, if I'm in mom's car, vroom vroom. Get out of my car. No, <laughs> it's the best. Tick, TikTok could never. TikTok could never. Honestly, I've watched so much Vine. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so the movie. I mean. A lot of people have seen this movie now. A lot of people have seen this movie. It's a Christmas classic. I do wonder, and I was discussing this with my boyfriend, if I do have a bit of a spoiler on this, because it is super popular in American schools around holiday time as Mm. a a pretty inoffensive holiday movie you can put on because grades are due and you don't want to do one more test the last day of classes. Um, And also, it's not dated. 
Do you know not, what I mean? It's not Miracle on 34th Street. It's not anymore. Miracle on 34th Street. It's also super Christmas and not very religious. It's not like Jesus, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, which kind of eases some of that, I think, for teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's yeah. a great rhyme in there. Jesus, 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 which I think it eases. Like this. Ooh. Write that down. Write it down. Here I go. Write it down. Um, Thanks. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like this movie is now. So not like the amount of people who I know say this is their Christmas movie. It's yeah, Elf. absolutely, Christmas classic. Um, and it's a. F- I mean, do you like? I like the movie a lot. Oh god, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's great because, like you say, it's everything we just listed. It's just easy, funny, yep, inoffensive, yep. and you know, a very heartwarming. Yep, wholesome and you know, easy done. And even like even in comparison to some of the other more modern less traditional christmas movies like you mentioned home alone earlier like yeah i would you know i rewatched home alone this season and there's some stuff in there that's like i don't know if we want to teach 10 year old kids about blow torches and hurting people like right right exactly yeah because i feel like we're less the kids are less scrappy nowadays aren't they right you know i think they were doing that in the 90s yeah everyone was uh i was doing it bob hoskins head not bob hoskin uh um oh why did you do I that? know joe i'm sorry joe, joe pesci, pesci. uh like uh, joe pesci's yeah. head on fire but this is and you know and perhaps we'll talk about it later elf is trying to capture some of that feeling of the christmas movie too like it it is a, a satire of itself almost in a way um, oh absolutely it t- you know i mean it, it ticks all the ticks all the boxes in yeah the, in the laundry yeah, yeah, yeah. um to the point where they even have a clausometer <laughs> a cla- you know? clausometer Clasometer. Um <laughs> but the musical, which is what we're here to talk about today, yes. um, is a little bit different. Yeah, in here and there, I think for musical purposes, it's different. So the movie is narrated by Buddy's dad, um, or Buddy's fake elf dad. Yes, um, Papa Elf. Papa Elf, played by well now I have Bob Hoskins in Do- my head. Is that who it is? <laughs> it's definitely not Bob Hoskins. I actually can't remember this guy's name, but he is quite famous uh hold on he also plays in um legally born 2 red white and blonde <laughs> he plays the doorman uh of like the house of congress or whatever, well the place that she works in that uh, that certainly helps bob newhart i was not far off um there you go bob newhart but yeah so bob newhart narrates in the movie santa narrates in the musical um yeah. They spend more time in New York, generally, in the musical. I think for the sake of, like, the amount of time we spend at the North Pole is vastly abbreviated. Yeah. So that they can be more economical with their sets. Exactly. Exactly. Um, um, and kind of just get on with the action. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, there is a whole nother, uh, we, had to, we have to restart Act 2 with something. So there is one of my favorite songs in the show um a whole chorus of santa's singing absolutely my favorite song in the show i love that song it's just delightful um yeah yeah. Uh, but in terms i would say like in terms of the characters and in terms of you know the kind of big key moments in the film everything's represented yeah um, besides um uh (laughs) we just can't remember any actors names at all today uh the author what's his name oh um Yep. Game of Thrones. Yep. Peter Dinklage's character. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, besides Peter Dinklage's character. Yeah, which is kind of um, taken up instead by the boss whose name is like Greenwich or something. Greenway. Yeah, Greenway. Um, Greenway. Like kind of fills in and is the, you know, the the antagonist. Played by usually the actor who plays Santa, which is a fun turn. 
Um, well, no, so weirdly, not usually. Really? Just a, just a UK thing. All right. For some reason, we just like that doubling in the UK. I like, I like that it, doubling. Though, that's an artistic thing. That's like some Captain Hook and uh, Papa Darling stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, Miss Gulch and the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, like that's fun. Um, huh. Well, anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well done the UK. Yeah. You know? Um but no, in terms of yeah, in terms of that, the only thing that I would say that is significantly different is the ending, mm-hmm. um, because obviously it's quite hard to do, you know, a horse chase, right, versus sleigh, um, and so, to me, mm-hmm. the ending of the musical, yeah, isn't great. We they they do kind of shift if we're talking like a traditional climactic arc. They do yeah. kind of shift where that peak is in the musical. Whereas in the yeah. movie, it is certainly the horse race and the sleigh flying and like I do believe in fairies. Whereas I would I would argue in the musical, it is much more shifted towards that's the story of Buddy the Elf. Um yes, and like exactly. and it does it is interesting because it does kind of shift it to be I do find that plots of musicals in these kind of adaptations do get tighter around the characters that are there. Uh-huh. And we do spend a lot more time with like mom and the kid and dad than in the movie um which gives them a a, a more granular character arc and a a much more interesting turn at the end when they do all become united as a family which becomes a cipher and a metaphor for what the movie is where it's like everyone believes in christmas Uh um which is harder to do with a chorus of 25 or whatever right but there is a bit of in the the book of the musical there is a bit of that like christmas isn't about x it's right. about family it's about eating spaghetti you right. know it's, exactly. it's like that kind of thing which i didn't really buy i you know that isn't necessarily what christmas right. is about it's like eating leftover spaghetti i would never say that but <laughs> um the yeah they they just move away from the you know i believe in father christmas yeah to Christmas is what you make it, and we all have Christmas right. in our hearts, like that kind of that yeah. kind of vibe. And it, but and I it, just think, mm-hmm. I just don't think it lands as as well. But like you say, I think it is. It's the moving of the climax. You're just in the the, the denouement at that point, right? And it does you like know? that shifts a lot of the like characterizations of like the like the dad is a little softer in the musical than he is in the movie. Um, yeah. And it does, you know, this show really struggles i think with the converting a three-act movie into a two-act musical because a lot of the movie is in act two um which makes act one man act one drags yeah it really does like i get it and they're trying what is interesting to me this movie adaptation doesn't quite seem to fall into the problems that i see something like mean girls fall into or like we know there's going to be fan service so we must write the like Santa I know him song. Right. And actually this is I'm so glad you brought that up because that is something I really want to talk about and commend. Yeah. Um to the book writers because it yeah, I there's there's none of that. Like I know the film pretty well, but there was no moments where I was like rolling my eyes because like right. we've just shoehorned that in. Well, and I think the two big choices, one was probably a hand force. Um like they probably never even tried to try and get the rights to Baby It's Cold Outside. Um, right. Right, one of the songs in the film. But yeah. the other big choice that was an intentional choice is they didn't turn um, I'm singing, I'm wherever I am, and I'm singing into yes. a fully-fledged musical theater song. 
Yeah. They let it just live as funny as it is in the movie, and it still comes back a little bit, but it's not mm-hmm. like, and here's a kick line, da-da-da-da, right? Right. And like that, that is canny, and that was a really good... It lets those jokes live for what they are without, you know, beating the dead horse. That's exactly it. Because, and I, again, I think this was kind of the issue I had with some things in Trek mm-hmm. was that, it, like, the jokes were just gags. Like, they're just one line gags that were iconic. Right. They didn't need to be extrapolated so much where they just, it's just like, I'm over right. it. Right. When I think you the know? thing that it overlooks is, like, you know, Santa, I know him. Or like take a take an episode uh, uh, an example from Shrek like not my gumdrop yeah. buttons right yeah is funny and repeatable because it has gained a life outside of the media it's from mm-hmm. like not my gumdrop buttons is as funny as half of the other lines in the original Shrek movie but for right. whatever reason that entered the zeitgeist and the same with like Santa I know I know him right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. if you then try to turn that knob up to eleven you're reacting to the reaction people have had to that line and are overlooking its purpose in the story completely. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, an yeah. easy adaptation trap to fall into, um, but it's, it's uh, dangerous and terrible. Totally. It, just, it just doesn't work. It absolutely doesn't work. And like, it, it's interesting to say about Baby It's Cold Outside because actually, I think if that was the duet, yeah. it would not be nearly as good as Sing a Christmas Song. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a lovely, it's so, lovely it's duet. It's really moment. sweet. Yeah. Um, it's really nice, really sincere, and uh, helps boost the both of both of those characters really. Yeah. Whereas if it was just "Baby, It's Cold Outside," right? What's that doing? Yeah. It, and Nothing. They'd, and they'd have to try real hard to kind of shoehorn the already built-in plot of that song into yeah. like it wouldn't work. Um, like how well, how could he get her singing that randomly right. in public you right know? like You're right either we're like going one for one with the movie and she's showering which i don't think is going to play well on stage or she's invited him over and like we play more into the like he doesn't understand human stuff mm. mm-hmm. and like you know that's that's the joke and neither yeah. of those work and we don't have enough time yeah. um you know but so the other question i had for you uh-huh um because, like, watching this, so this is, like, an ABC plot show, right? We've got maybe vaguely defined um, uh, buddy, dad, and family as a plot point, right? Yeah. And, like, the family's interpersonal, like, dad's always working. We've got um, uh, the dad and his book company subplot. Yeah. And then we've got Buddy's love story. Yeah. Buddy's love story is... I would wager the least important one plot wise. Yeah. Perhaps the only reason what's her name? Uh Jovi. Jovi um becomes important to resolve everything at the end is she's the one who starts singing live on television. Right. Because you know, Buddy's convinced her of everything. Uh-huh. That moment could easily be fulfilled by mom, dad, the kid, all of the them. The secretary. Yeah, any of them could make yep. that moment just as heartfelt. And I, I, I put to you as a loaded question, why do we need the love story? Because it's a Christmas musical. Yeah, fair. You know what I mean? And just imagine the world without a love story in a musical. You know, and I'm saying this 
right. deeply laden with. What if what if Buddy took the kid ice skating on a nice day out instead of being, you know, my big brother? Like, right. It's just, and you know, what about a lovely moment where he gets to know the stepmom and she gets to talk about how she's really upset, right, at the fact that she feels like she's lost her husband and she can have a proper like right. viewpoint into her world and make her a bit more of a absolutely. Person. And yeah. and I get we're outside of the realm of existence because they need to replicate the movie and Warner Brothers will not be pleased if there's not right. a Zoe Deschanel character in this thing. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I I would I would put to authors out there like must like. I would say even our understanding of the question, do you need a love story, is also already loaded. Because this movie is a love story, more so between a family mm-hmm. than a romantic love story. And like, right. you could axe that romantic love story and not lose too much. I, I, I really don't think so, yeah. Because like, even obviously at the end when they have a child. And right. And you'd miss, you'd miss Never and... Fall in Love with an Elf, which is a song I do enjoy. Um, yeah, but also, you know, you could have a being Mrs. Banks moment with right. the mum. Yeah, yeah. Which is equally important. Yeah. Rather than just another, uh, I'm jilted. Well, and they're, and they're <laughs> such, I mean, it's like, the same way in the movie. It's such a, like, they have no reason to be in love. You know, it is. No, it, it is doesn't make sense. As rushed as any romance in a musical. Not, not to the author's fault. Um, yeah. that I would uh, say it, it's more an indictment of like American standard writing. I, admittedly. Well, what I would say is I actually think I pref- I think it makes more sense in the musical than it does in the movie. Okay. How so? Because I like, I like the difference in the character. I like that they've done something different with Jovi yes. and that she's a bit more of like a bitter New Yorker. Yes. You know what I mean? Like jaded as everyone else has been by the city and, the way of everything yeah um rather than the kind of zoe deschanel i'm quirky right you know um because i think they try to do a bit of that jaded new yorker with zoe deschanel but she's too wide-eyed right to go that hard line but actually i think in the musical you know when they have that scene um although i think in the production that we watched it wasn't hugely well acted fair but i've seen it better acted yes. <laughs> when it is just she's not bursting into tears and you know sobbing yeah like i think if that's directed well yeah she's just like great another guy who you know i mean and because it's nice that he's kind of offering her this like dream like this idea of like oh yeah could be this other world that i've completely disregarded yeah um i thought that that made nice whereas like i think zoe deschanel probably would totally buy it right <laughs> you know, i don't think she'd question it. i think right like, yeah cool yeah you're you're sad to. well i guess i would add add to this line of questioning as well the whole the way the romance happens in the musical mm. does like when i picture uh will ferrell's elf yeah very intentionally it is a like cruise control one note one speed character Mm-hmm. Buddy is, and like this is the joke, and it's hilarious. Like mm-hmm. Buddy is a character with a set flowchart of like in and out processing his environment, and you give him A, and B will come out, and it will always yep. be some misunderstanding of you know human existence, um, phrased in a Three's Company esque way to make you question what he's talking about, and that's right. the comedy of the movie. In the musical, there are brief moments, especially in uh, like that moment That's outside the tavern scene. on the green yeah. 
yeah. where Buddy kind of he has he has some monologue about like this makes me you know painfully sad or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't. I don't. I don't like it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like Buddy being sad would have so much more implication. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, but like in the movie when he's sad, he's about to jump off a fucking bridge. Right. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in the musical, he's just kind of accepted it. Right. And he's kind of a dick about it. Yeah. You know I mean? like, yeah. He is quite insane. Like just be like, that is sad. But you know what? It's also nice. And like, that's not actually. Right. And buddy. it's like, like. And it, it's a Christmas show and we gotta we gotta be done with this plot right, so we're we not can gonna, get another yeah. plot. Like, I get right. it. All the more reason to just kind of nix the love story. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. I don't think... I, I It's not... That isn't why I'm like, oh, I love this show because of this beautiful love story. It's not a beautiful love story. It barely right. happened. Right. Um, I am much more interested in seeing the relationship between that family. Yeah. Um. And again, like even the differences there, because I actually like the differences in the dad character. Yeah. About him being less of an ass. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? He is just he is a workaholic. Yeah. And it's I, 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 like jagged little pill vibes here, right? Whereas, yeah. you know, he still definitely cares about his family. Yeah. Um, he just doesn't have time for them. Um and the implications of that, and you you kind of really buy him quitting. Much more than I think you did in the film, because I don't think he would have quit in the film. I think he would have quit in the film. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, I was a bit like in the film, you're like, why would you do that? Yeah, Whereas in in the musical, fully, you can tell he's exasperated in his job. Right, he knows he's doing the wrong thing by not spending time with his son. Yeah, uh, and and it's less about Buddy. Yeah, and it is nice, like. In in the movie, Buddy is the catalyst to like bring this family together, and it's still very mm-hmm. much centered around Buddy. But like, Buddy doesn't change from A to B. Um, right. In the musical, ends up doing a much better job of pulling everyone into one unit of story. Yeah. And like, there, the, all of this wouldn't have happened at once had they not all been there together. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I think I would have changed in mm-hmm. terms of that storytelling and that beat, um, would be. To not have mother and son be converted at the same time. Sure. Yeah. I think it should have gone son first, then mother, then father. And I think actually you've made a really good point. You take yeah. Toby out and, put, and pop that mom that in there. Yeah, pop her whoever it needs to be at the moment. First do it with the son, then do it with right. the mom. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's kind of like Mary Poppins. Do you yep. know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing of yeah. he hops in and he changes their lives and this time he stays around. But like that because that was the only bit i was like i just feel like we're rushing through it right well and was when they and both got so converted. much so much of the dragginess in act one is jovi and buddy's like meet cute and stuff um yeah. like ringing the bells and going ice skating and all this stuff which is beautiful and fun but like eh, you know is wasted you know, I exactly say. yeah uh-huh. and then that's the thing is like having their you know stand-up moment where it, it takes a dip you're just doing it because you need to do it right because they can't just be in love and just have a nice relationship right you exactly a, you know we need some conflict right because you've now which, set this story up which makes sense narratively I, I i understand that and but it's clunky yeah. that's the thing is it's clunky because you don't need it right as we've just kind of established that it doesn't need to be there yeah i will say that's the other the other thing that does bother me about this show um <laughs> Is so this is a Casey Nicola directed and choreographed production. Yes. Um, 
let me read to you as Jimmy and I did earlier, Casey Nicola's <laughs> yeah. IMDb, if you need a refresher. Um, recent stuff mostly. The Prom, Mean Girls, Tuck Everlasting, Something Rotten, Aladdin, Elf, The Book of Mormon, Elf, uh, To Be or Not To Be, The Drowsy Chaperone, Spamalot, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Susical, on and on and on and on. Yeah. Um, prolific director, and like, don't get me wrong, has directed some stuff I adore. Right, um, absolutely. Like, an incredible director. Yeah. And it all kind of feels the same from a directorial choreographical perspective yeah and i'm worried that like jimmy and i were talking off pod the drowsy chaperone kind of sticks out to us amongst that list because right like you wouldn't you wouldn't put it in the same boat and it feels really nice but i think the reason for that is because the drowsy chaperone is a send-up of what we know is musical theater and (sighs) casey nicola has for for what it's worth, a real understanding of whatever this genre of 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 like American musical theater, right? And a thing I'm nervous about is like something rotten and Mean Girls should yeah. have entirely different choreographic languages. Yes, uh-huh. right? Um, they don't. You know, no. Yeah, exactly. The prom and Mean Girls. The same as the prom, exactly. The prom and Mean Girls, which are much more closer to each other in setting and content, should still have different, you know, directorial languages. And they don't. And that makes me sad. You know, it makes me worried that, like, we've talked about this at end, uh, or to no end, how, like, when you're in an art form like ours with so few artists practicing in it, the particular yeah. styles and nuances of those artists kind of become the art form. Like how much of musical theater these days is just Fosse, right? And we don't even know it. Yeah. Because that's the language that was put into it and then got imitated and replicated. And, you know, I don't like that that's happened with Fosse. I'm sad that it's going to happen with Casey Nicola. Um, I know, but then... <sighs> Yeah, but you wonder, because I think even, so with someone like Fosse, right, he worked, he had a style, sure, sure, like, to the point where it became, a, like, a literal choreographed style, whereas Casey, Nic- uh, Casey, Casey Neistat, Casey <laughs> Nicola, is working strictly in the realm of jazz, do you know yeah, what I mean, musical right. theater jazz, yeah, sure. um, whereas Bob Fosse took it to an, another, took jazz to another yeah. level, no, and fair. brought in ballet, yeah. um, and it was identifiable, but it was still formed in a conceit. Right. Like, if you look at something like the Frug from Sweet Charity, right, compared to, uh, the Hot Honey Rag, yeah, right? totally different. The Hot Honey Rag is still steeped in cabaret nineteen thirties. Yeah. Like it feels like that, whereas the Frug feels later yeah do you know that's what I mean? fair it just that's fair. feels that's a bit more sexy a, a um, totally and if you and to counter that i would wager yeah. if you pull dance breaks from nicola productions out of costume without music and put them next to each other yeah it would be nigh impossible to tell the difference between a dance a mean girls dance break and a something rotten dance break exactly exactly um and i think yeah the one the thing to worry about if we're ever gonna have a worry is right. that that's the thing that gets emulated. Yes. And it becomes the staple. Yes. And that's... Because, yes. Yes. Because it was like I was saying about... I was like, oh, did he also direct Shrek? Right. Because Shrek 
feels mm-hmm. like it's directed by the same director or something rotten. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They feel right. like the same spam a lot. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And they're all signed up with movies and they're, you know what I mean? They all have that kind of thing. And you, yeah, you're right about it being a language and it should have a different identity like just and just like everything else you do on stage and maybe you do decide like i would say for example the prom and something like drowsy chaperone there's a there's there's a flavor profile there that's similar um actors uh bathing in their own stardom in a way that Uh is funny to the audience right and perhaps that flavor informs similar directing and choreography choices yeah. Great. But I don't think that's what's happening because Aladdin looks like that too. And like Exactly. I don't think the choice is Elf a... looks like that. Right. Like that's Elf. Right. And like Elf is this Christmas New York fantasy thing and Aladdin is set in a, you know, fictionalized fantasy Middle East. Like yeah. Yeah. how wildly different are those two shows? Precisely. Yet back to back they look kind of the same. It is a strange, but it's weird because, and I always keep having to go back to Drowsy because Drowsy's so good and Drowsy's yeah. extremely well directed. Like yeah. it's it's stunning, and I think again, choreographic language like <clears throat> Cold Feet, you yeah, know what I mean, is great, and it doesn't feel like it pops. You well, can pop even Cold Feet like, into it, like. Don't get me wrong; there are great, funny individual choreographic moments in Elf. They're clever. They're funny. They, like, take up a moment in a way that's interesting and useful. Yeah. And, like, I don't also, you know, don't don't misconstrue me as turning the knob too high on criticizing uh, right, Casey right. Nichols. No, it's still good. He's done great work. But uh-huh. it becomes so samey that yeah. it blends together. And, yeah. you know, I wa- I, like, what I want to say is, like, Casey, branch out. Try something new. Well, that's, and, but you, because of Drowsy, you know, right. can He's right. extremely capable of it. Right. Like, I think Jersey's quite artistic, like right. quite high artistic. Yeah, but um, but I think he's hired because they know he does good stuff, and they're like, well, you know, Aladdin. We want that, right? We do want more, that. more of that. Will you do that? Just do like what you did in the <clears> thing. In the same way that Andy Blankenbuehler, right, from Hamilton gets you know hired like, to do Hamilton again. Yeah. Well, that's it, and just in the same way, like because his choreography for the Catch revival. Yeah. Um you can draw the lines back to in the heights you know what i mean you can see you can right. see it um and no doubt he will become an extremely popular choreographer it is and such... is it gonna be the same kind of thing man it's such an existential crisis right um like art for hire um yeah because like let's simplify it you paint houses you're and like, oh, I saw that house you painted. I want you to paint my yeah. house because yeah. I want it to look like that house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Here's some money. Um, but what if you want to try something different that time? Right. And like, I can see that being a huge, you know. But then how, I, I guess that all then comes down to individual creative teams, though, is like, you know, a choreographer should still have, uh, sorry, a director choreographer should still have license over their own style. Sure. I mean, it's a it's an indictment of the artistic world today. Is you right. can't even get there without you know a big corporation with a checkbook. Um, yeah. And so if it comes from them, where they're like, we want that lovely prom flavor. Do you yeah. Know what I mean. Yeah. Like we want that full on right spam a lot in your face. Yeah. Kick lines. Yeah. Right to the front of the stage. Like. Yeah. I just wish I you know, in my in my artistic utopia, Jimmy. Yes. Um. 
it would be more common to sign on a, a big corporate uh, uh, art contract with a rider that says you also get a pet project. Um, I will I will direct and choreograph Elf for you, and you will sponsor an off Broadway show that I will do, um, yeah. or like something like that. And so that you can feed both, so that you yeah, can you can have that experimental do type. something that we know will make money, that we know will like keep people employed, keep the art form going, and you're fostering innovation, and you're yeah. still being a patron of the art and still yeah. allowing that experimentation to help. Um, Absolutely, and you know. Warner Brothers, Disney could totally do this kind of stuff. It would be great if they did. Um, yeah. yeah, of course it would, but they won't. Yeah, it's a shame. They just should. There's no reason they shouldn't, other than greed. Um, you know, take a Shockingly. like take a risk that something might be bad, that you might lose money on something, for right. for the risk that you might gain money on it. Like, exactly, but you know, you're sat there wearing a great comet T-shirt. Yeah. Sometimes it really works. Like, yeah. But the, you know, we say that, I, like, Disney should learn from Ars Nova. Um, set up a laboratory and run with it. Exactly. It's what the other palace over here should have been, and it's not. Yeah. It's not. Maybe it will be still, but it's not been. Yeah. It's just been, let's give you a training ground so you can go on the West End. God, have fun. Uh, what were we talking about? Elf? <laughs> you about? A Christmas story? Is that... <laughs> Something Christmassy. Speaking of, you want to talk about Christmassy things? Christmas! Let's go. Here, I'm going to make the sound. Sing a Christmas song. That's it. It's like magic if things go wrong. Keep going. Just spread some Christmas cheer by singing Christmas. <laughs> it's a holiday. It is indeed. It has just been. But it's um, also an institution. It is. Like, it is, you know, what would capitalism be without Christmas? Well, that's the thing, right? Um, like, it is It is bonkers to me. The, the, I wrote in here um, similarities between Christmas stories in different places. Yeah. And the thing that struck my brain in thinking about that is... They're at a Macy's in this. Yeah. And it's because Macy's has a North Pole. But does Macy's have a North Pole because of Miracle on 34th Street? How many times has Macy's been involved in Christmas-style things? Like, there's right. this, like, symbiotic relationship of, like, the fantasy of Santa Claus and American corporatism. Exactly. Um, well, Santa Claus is red. Because of a massive corporation. McDonald's. Coca-Cola. Oh. Coca-Cola painted Santa Claus red in turn of the century, I think. Fascinating. And before that, he was green. But Coca-Cola's red, so Santa Claus had to be red. 
it's such but so then you get all this art about christmas about like so uh a christmas story was playing concurrently on broadway at the same time as elf was playing which i also have to say is nuts is nuts both f- even more fascinating produced yes. by warner brothers theatricals right so they were running two christmas shows on broadway at the same time um both centered around like like man the plot of elf and the plot of a christmas story have a lot of beats even beyond just like well, I don't know. Like, is it is it unfair to say even beyond just being a Christmas movie, or is that what makes them Christmas movies? But like, right. you know, a disbelief in mall Santa Clauses that is like up earth by the understanding that real Santa Clauses exist. Um, a, a, Disgruntled elves. A a arguing family coming together on Christmas. Like, yep. These are the themes that we must value <laughs> on Christmas. Exactly. Miracle on 34th Street. Do you know what I mean? A family who doesn't believe in Santa, hated yeah. by Santa, uh, meet Santa and start to believe it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's this... And again, it comes back to what we were saying earlier about belief and, like, that is... Yeah. That's what Christmas movie doesn't end with. Oh, well, I believe in Christmas now. Right. It's like our version of a Greek myth. Um, yeah. And so separate from any of its initial trappings. But, like... Yeah. But that gap is, like, erased from the history books. Like, you're supposed to believe that this has always been the myth of Santa Claus. Um, But it it has been interesting to, like, then watch this. Because also, it's kind of nice. Like, I'm not mad at it. But it tickles your nostalgia because that is is what you've grown up with. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you you can't, we can't separate the two. We're literally not able to do that. Yeah. Um living in western society <laughs> like we just don't have that ability um so of course these things are like instantly relatable and lovely right when you it, know, it's never snowed in years suddenly it starts to snow at the right moment exactly it's, like, oh, it's why it's why the hallmark channel will come out with you know 52 christmas movies every year all right. with the same this same plot or some dolly dolly parton's just done it yeah like... and like and it's like it's like catnip um mm. And I think that's, you know, that's also what's fascinating about it is like you could probably put on Elf on Broadway around Christmas time every year for the, you know, forever. Exactly. Reliably do okay. It's kind of what we've done in the UK. Yeah. Like, if I get perfect time to talk about it. Like, so since 2015, mm-hmm. Elf has just existed in the UK every Christmas. That's wild. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it has become. Uh huh. An institution, like, it's become a thing. I would love, I wonder if we have any mo- any mathematically oriented listeners. I want a graph of, um, I don't know, productions of Elf on the West End versus productions of um, A Christmas Carol. Oh, God. What? But, like, ha- have they, like, crossed each other? Like... As in, was there a time when? When, because like everyone does a Christmas carol on Christmas time in America. Maybe I'm assuming something too. Um, yeah, for... we don't because. But you, you, your fancy of Dickensian Christmas—that's fair—is different from our perspective. Totally of, fair, and I, you know what I mean, my Amerocentrism is is omitting that in this moment, right? Because that's got that love in the same way that Home Alone, Elf are our institutions because it's New York at Christmas time. That's so and fascinating. That is Christmas. And, Do you know what I mean? An international... Rockefeller Center. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't... Like, I remember the first time I went to New York was yeah. at Christmas time. 
and it was like i was the kid at christmas like yeah. it was everything was so exciting because that is my new york like going yeah. to rockefeller center seeing the trees seeing everyone ice skating i was like this if it was in the summer i wouldn't understand the city that's so fascinating. I mean, I've even I've written in our notes here, why is New York a Christmas town? Which yeah. I agree with, and I don't know I mean, between Rockefeller Center and the tree and like but it, Chicago so has funny. a tree? Like right, exactly. But it's so funny because until this year, right? Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that Home Alone 2 is called Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Uh-huh. I could have sworn the first one was also set in New York. <laughs> and then I was watching, I was like, oh, it's Chicago. That's so interesting. Funny. Right? Um, even like, again, my perception of a Christmas story, the most middle America film. Yeah. Right? I was like, obviously it'll be set in New York um, because it's Christmas. Right. Like, that, that's what comes first. You know what I mean? Like, it's always. New York first. And it, it does make sense because there's no, to my knowledge, California Christmas movie where they're sunning themselves in the palm trees and that feels like an ultimate Christmas film. Right. I mean, Makes it'll be the Christmas-y. joke. It'll be, you know, Christmas in paradise or something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah, um, in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they do a song about it. They do like a send up of like the stupidity of celebrating Christmas in California where it's super sunny. Right. Like, and it doesn't feel like Christmas, but you're still doing all of these cold, wintry well, and Christmas there, things. And there is such a, like, the, 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 the tropish mythical plot of, you know, grumpy peel, grumpy people having their hearts melted around yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. time exactly. also seems like strangely New York. Right. Yeah, that's what's where the heart, the land of grumpy people, apparently. Right. The only place they exist. Yeah, like it is. A, you know, the Elf the movie did it first and so successfully, but like seems to have boiled down these tropes into like a pinpoint. Yeah. Um, and then it's fascinating to see it in a musical. But then to see that musical, then like I wanted to ask, and it is wild to me how successful this show is in the UK. Yeah. Because it feels so American. Absolutely, but yeah, it's well. It's weird. We spoke about this in um, a Christmas story. Yeah, do you know what I mean about how actually because a Christmas story is authentically American, in right? Ways, because it is about the middle American family. It yeah. is about that very cliched to you guys. I you know I'm speaking as yeah. an American here. Um, cliched, two point four children, like right. That is the American you know of. Whereas for us. You know, we're looking out at the States. The first thing that we see is the East Coast. You know sure. what I mean? Like, we see New York. Yeah. Um, And it is just so... Because of Friends, because of right. all of these films, like, it is... Yeah. Like, our first picture. I would yeah. say, that, like, New York, and then maybe you move over and it's the Hollywood sign. Yeah. I guess... All of that land in between is nothing. I mean, I mean, we don't we don't understand what that is. Spoiler alert: most of it is nothing. Well, correct, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you maybe take a slight pit stop at Las Vegas as you're approaching, <laughs> but like that's that's kind of all we sure. have. Yeah. So, I guess I think that's why. I don't know if I've ever been able to quite specifically articulate this question. Like, say you're watching Elf. Does yeah. it feel like it's 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 uh, it's um, helpful that you brought up Dickens? But does it feel like when I watch Charles Dickens and I'm, you know, when I watch him up at Christmas Carol and I'm like, oh, that's England, you know, like, does it feel like that's not right. America? It's, that's it's funny because 
I watch Muppets Christmas Carol and I think that's America. <laughs> it, like, because it's not England. Right. It's a, it's a set. Yeah. In the same way that a lot of people, you know, who live in Illinois or wherever right. yeah. would be like, get, sure, New York, but New York is as much of a theme park as Las Vegas is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the way I, you know, I mean, feel. Because, like, I was trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, other British Christmas films that are, again... Well, I mean, that's the extent of my question, too. Is, does Christmas feel like an American holiday to a, a UK-centric person? Obviously not. No, but that is, like, the Americanism is a part of it. You know, I mean, Coca-Cola is yeah. a part of our, you know, our holidays. Like, um, there is a... Like that is a big yeah. In the same way that we've talked about like Halloween before, where you know, were you to celebrate it in the UK? I think I'm remembering this right. It would be a representation of the American holiday, as opposed to feeling like an ongoing tradition of you know UKisms. That's it. And like you know, again with Halloween, we have our own traditions, and Victorian Christmas is such a prominent like very capturable ideal yeah but we don't really buy into that anymore fascinating because this musical is kind of the embodiment of the assumption of an american christmas yeah totally totally um i think yeah it's it definitely needs to be spoke about how successful it is in the uk um so I really want to speak about this arena production. Yes, I've only seen like 10 seconds of it. Please tell me more. Right. So I've watched the full thing and it is on the internet. You can you can find it. It's really not hard to find. Um, but I loved it. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I adore... right. set, the, set the scene for me. Like, are we in the okay. round? How many people are like kids We're in screaming? Thrust. Okay. We're in thrust. Think, um, you know. A Miley Cyrus, a Beyonce gig, a, right? a hockey arena thrust. that they've turned into. Uh, yeah, we've got bigger a, than a hockey arena. We've we uh, an American hockey arena. We've got how big. Are we talking? Because mm, I bet you it's bigger. I mean, between nine and fifteen thousand seats. Okay, fair. About yeah. Okay, really? Yeah. Is that a big? Yeah, we we have a ton of venues like this. Um, yeah, I guess Madison Square Garden. Yeah, stuff like that. Mm, Madison obviously. Square Garden. Yeah, picture yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, arena. Yeah, we're big. Right, all of our biggest venues in the UK would get it. Yeah. Um, I okay. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you again. Is it a venue that is normally used for sport that they have converted to, or are these all exclusively theatrical venues? So there'd be music venues. Fascinating. That's different yes. from us. Most of these, save Madison Square. Well, even there, you know, they do like boxing and stuff. Um, yeah. Like you know the i i saw disney on ice at the united center in chicago um it's mostly a hockey rink um right okay like a lot of these places are like it's it can be you know a basketball court but then yeah. s- sometimes miley cyrus plays there let me just have a look and see but i think for the most part it was um just music venues music venues but music in the uk bigger than sport that's not true but like we don't have as big sporting arenas because we've got football stadiums and there's too many football teams got it soccer teams to for each of them to have a massive whereas like right it's less like that in the states so yeah so there you go we've got wembley 
Wembley Arena, which is the biggest in the UK, mm-hmm. the Hydro in Glasgow, yeah, is the second biggest in the UK. Um, I'm now just seeing reviews. I'll come back to these in a minute. I'm so because excited. they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I've yet to see anything more than one star. Yes, fascinating. Okay, we'll get to them in a second. Um, I nearly paid one thousand pounds for our family of fourteen to go to the show. Family, um, do anyway, go bowling. Go, yeah, exactly. Go to a park. Um, anyway, Watch, rent uh, the movie, Elf. Right, they're from Wales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> says everything. Uh, no, right. So, the arena spectacular. Uh, sorry, Elf, a Christmas spectacular is okay. the, the full title. Um, for the most part, it's the musical. Sure. Um, but there's a lot more to it. Okay. So. Venue, very important to understand. Where in Thrust, we have like 60 foot LCD, LED screens. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Projecting as you would a gig. Like this yeah. is a gig. Yeah, this yeah. is, you know, the tech for a gig. Um, And in the same way that around the Thrust, you've got a lot of space before you've got the seating bank mm-hmm. for artist protection. So you know, you're not boss gives people space yeah. to dance. Um, a cast of over 100. Oh my God. Yep. There's um, only like 12 characters in this sh- in this show at best. Yep. Um <laughs> not in the Christmas spectacular. Oh, yeah. uh, so, I've written down like a few things that were just a bit different. There's not so, even a chorus of like and that like what? And now a 100 office workers come out? Right, exactly. So, they do do it quite well, right? Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh-huh. You need to you need to be sitting in the world of pantomime. Yeah, for this that's to work. I was gonna ask. Is this right. like pantomime? That is, yeah, that is the caveat for all this, because it is. This is the epitome of the intersection of pantomime and musical theatre. Fascinating. Um, and I only think this would work in the UK. Sure. Because we have pantomime. Well, you would be. I'm. I'm curious to know more about it. There uh-huh. is. We rarely talk about it on the show. Um, but there is a spat of like Disney on Ice is one of them. Like yeah. these kind like I saw as a child uh Pokemon the musical. Um right. which is the wrong phrasing for it. It was more at an arena with like screaming kids and like, Hey everybody, I want you to catch a Pokemon. Yeah. Um and like there a lot of them come from Disney, but not all of these like big spectacular events. Uh-huh. You know, yes. I, it would depend, I imagine, on how much it relies on, like, some of the, the secret code of pantomime that I don't quite exactly. know yet. This was imbued in it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, actor improv yeah. was rife throughout. Would I feel as uncomfortable in it as someone who's, like, going to Rocky Horror for the first time, and they, like, don't know what to say when someone says, like, oh, no, she isn't? Yeah, potentially. Okay. You would be a bit, like... What the hell is happening? Yeah, I think you, you 100% would. Um, but there's musical stuff for you to anchor to. Excellent. You know? Um, so the first big difference I saw um, was uh, kids from the audience, at least I think they were from the audience. They might have also just been... Just been like plants? Kids. Yeah, like actors. Um, were on stage during the Santa scene. In Macy's oh, during the, like the um, oh. Throne of Lies. Yes, okay. Right? Uh, and they all scream and run off. And so 
in order for to allow what I think was those kids to get back to their seats. Yeah. Right. They then had a segment where they got the audience to help decorate a giant Christmas tree. Where were, where was the tree? The tree was coming round this space between the end of the thrust okay. and the audience. The, did it, and my initial reaction was a technical one. It was like, if this is time for the kids to get back to their seats, but if you're doing a thing where other people have to get out of their seats, then this is just a... That's sneaky. No. Okay. It, the, Chris, the tree came the tree to you. <laughs> it was on a truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was the audience a tr- were... Get, like a, it was on a truck. When you say yeah. truck, what do you mean? Not like a garbage truck, as okay. in like a stage truck. Got it. Do you call Got them it. trucks? We would call them wagons. I understand what Love you're talking that. about. Yeah. Brilliant. When you say truck, I picture like a Ford pickup truck. <laughs> no, no. Um, a wagon. Okay. Um, I didn't know that wagon. Um, and so the audience were handed these big decorations, giant decorations, and they had to basically wrap them in the tree as the tree went past, basically. <laughs> right? Um if you were bored of that, or if you were up at the back and you couldn't help decorate the tree, right? Got some stuff going on in the stage for you as well. So, um, the interview char- the interviewer character, the, the, in the film, mm-hmm. it's the it's like the I news reporter. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, it's a guy. We'll like, we'll brush over that. It's Whatever. a guy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he is hosting this. Oh, the whole so, thing. No, he's hosting this segment. Okay. <laughs> Yep, so he's up in a um, scaffolding up the back there. They've got a camera on him, okay. set up with like news overlays. All looks very good, professional. Sure. And he is um, improving away about, we've got a giant tree coming around right now. You can slam your decorations out. We want this to be the most beautiful tree in all of New York. Da, 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 da. Right? Yeah. Um, what? And if you're, like I say, so if you're bored of that, we've also got um, on the stage. Uh, the character who is like the office junior, like one of the publisher guys, mm-hmm. is trying to lift himself up in the air with balloons. Just for fun? Just for entertainment. Just because, you know. <sighs> right? Is the whole thing like this or does this just happen once? Like This does- happens occasionally. <laughs> And is it always the tree, or is it always like, and here's a no, new no, no. fun That's activity? Just, that that for... was one thing. That was the tree moment. Um, so that all happens, and that finishes. Okay, and then we get back into the story. Um, and then before we know it, uh, oh, that was the other thing. Okay, so this is where this uh-huh. is where it's pantomime. Okay, because one of the thing the news announcer said was, and we've got Alex. Trelawney in the audience today and he's turned 84 years old. Everybody give him a round of applause. Uh-huh. And that is a big pantomime thing is going through the birthdays. So all of the birthday kids, <laughs> if you got your birthday, you let your stage manager know before you go in and you get a wee announcement when you do the birthday. Oh my god. So similar. Um, and he was also improving his heart out. God love him. This is a baffling... Okay, can I vomit some thoughts I'm having right now on you? I mean, I'm not even halfway. Okay, tell me more. Right, I'll I'll just hit the highlights. I'll okay. just hit the highlights. We also had a giant snowball fight. When? Um, with two policemen. Uh, that was before. Was it related to the plot, or were they just like hit a buzzer and alarm went off and? No, it was. It was again. It was like scene changed work. Okay. So in between these scenes, and these two policemen kind of kept coming out quite a lot. They were kind of clown characters. Sure. 
um, New York policemen clowns. Yeah. Um, and they were like, don't throw snowballs at us. Whilst of course. other these people were right. handing out these big foam things. Right. So that that was fun. And actually, it looked really It seems like a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, throw snowballs. Um, then before we get to Rockefeller Center to do some ice skating, uh-huh. let's just have an aerial demonstration between two actors. Just for fun? Do they even... Well, just do it. So they just did a display to some music. I don't know where the music was from. <laughs> was it from Elf? Um, and so they just did a whole, like, three-minute Are we talking, like, like, spinny rings and hair? Or, like, trapeze, like, swing back and forth? Or like... No, yeah, silks. Silks, okay. Silk work, yeah. Silk and also roller skates. Oh, what a, what a combination. Did they make it so about ice skates. skating or were they just wearing Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was okay. in the set okay. the, and they've got these beautiful, really nice fountain lights that I actually don't know how they did. Fascinating. I don't think it was water, but it was, I, you know, it was, okay. existed. Okay. Um, and then in the roller skating scene, uh-huh. when they're skating, escape, skating, um, we've also just got actors just skating around the whole... Just for, just for fun so you can have a nice little intimate moment with an actor absolutely and again this was when i realized oh these are actors because i was like have they just told people to bring skates if they want <laughs> and they can just go skating but no they were just bringing it out they were breaking that fourth wall and i was like fine wow um what else do we have gymnastic santas uh obviously literally at the opening of act two a full gymnastics routine with horse boxes rings trampolines and santa clauses just dressed up as santa um they also had this is the bit i didn't like but this is becoming oh this a was trend. the bit you didn't like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is becoming a big trend um in panto as well is the use of just like 3d characters oh um, like holograms so, yeah so in the nobody believes in santa anymore so uh-huh. They just had on the LED screens these like dancing Santas, huh? Just images against a red background. Yeah, not human, but like just... human size. Like you're, they kind of look like they might be human. No, they were definitely like this was just like oh, search for Santa, like Santa, GIF. Santa clip art GIF, and yeah. then multiply and times two. Pop that on. Yeah, they also did the thing for the finale with some elves that were in a different costume to the elves in the show and it was just three of them and they were just kind of you know dancing at avatars i didn't like that um <laughs> that was this, yeah beyond the pale yeah that was beyond the pale the snow globe moment yeah and um, when he gives her the snow globe uh-huh. they just bring up a picture of a snow globe is there a real snow globe too or they did have the real snow globe okay and, but i guess that was too close to zoom in on ah so just to tell you that it's a snow globe. Well, in case you're in like giant, row, row triple Q. Right. A giant CGI image, a CGI of a snow globe. Whoa. So that was the highlights, I guess. Um, Hi- did you like thumbs up, thumbs down? Did you enjoy it? I would have had a fun night at that. That's wild. I mean, I probably would have too. Okay, here, not in order, are the thoughts that yeah. have come across my mind. First, and we can breeze right past this, but just the technical person in me is like, how on earth do you rehearse this? Um, right. Like, that must be a monster. Um, because like, the thing, you're not touring with 100 
microphone cast. I know. So you're getting people in when you arrive at these cities. Locally. So you got like an hour before the show to be like, okay, then you're going to roller skate and be back here by the end of the... Yeah. Exactly. Like, that. that's wild. But we can breeze past that. Yeah. Um, so then here are the other two thoughts I had kind of concurrently. The first was um, when I was more of a child, and we're going to talk about the death of the author in a second. Um, <laughs> there was an exhibit that came through Chicago that was called something like the Harry Potter Experience. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it was a, an exhibit that toured, bizarrely, museums. Um, and so was like adjacent to the Museum of Science and Industry, I think, when I was a mm-hmm. kid, um, which is a museum that I adored. Mm-hmm. And they set up a tent outside the museum to house the exhibit. And at its core, it was mostly like costumes and props from the show. Okay, but they set it up to be like an experience and they made all these poor Chicago teenagers speak in their best British accent. And these are like museum docents. Like these are not act. I mean, some of them might be actors as well, but not all of them. And they did not give them British accent training. Um, And they'd be like, welcome to the Harry Potter experience. Wingardium Leviosa. And, like, a door would open, and then you'd see, like, a mannequin with, like, Dumbledore's outfit on it. Right. Um, but the doors would open by magic. Um, uh-huh. And so the first thought I had was, like, when does the thing become so far away from the thing that it's not the thing anymore? Yeah. Like, how much of that is Harry Potter at that point? And, like, yeah, they're exactly. trying so hard to make it Harry Potter. And I enjoyed it because I like behind-the-scenes shit. Right. But it wasn't billed as, like, a look at the costumes from this movie. It was yeah. billed as, like, the Harry Potter experience. Yeah. Um, and, like, so that was the first thought I had. When does, you know, when is, it, when is an elf not an elf anymore? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's when they push the Christmas tree around and show us the 84-year-old in the audience. Yeah, so it's weird because it was still, the, like, it was still the musical. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And it wasn't just because, oh, they still sang the songs. Like, when they did, um, uh, what is the song? Uh that she sings when she gets stood up. Uh, oh, never, never fall, fall in love, love with, an with an elf. Yeah, right. Um, it, so it's um Kim Marsh mm-hmm. who did that. Okay. No, not Kim Marsh. I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. Anyway, she's like a pop star, but has also done theatre stuff, sort of stuff and actually is really really good. Like sure. she's a good actor. Um, and it was the best performance of it I've ever seen. Okay. So right? the. Then the other thought I'm having, and I think this is more fascinating to me, other than this version of Elf, like pantomimes are reenaction are are based on well known plots, right? Yeah. And they're usually fairy tale sort of things, yeah. Yeah. Hansel and Gretel, or Peter Pan, or something Cinderella, like that. Yeah, exactly. There is this like earmarking now of the story of Elf as being in the same bailiwick as Hansel and Gretel, right? Which is also fascinating. Like, here is the parable of Elf, which is weird because it's already, like, the movie's set up with that framing device, and now we're, like, 16 framing devices deep. Yeah. If Shrek was more popular with young kids, there would be a Shrek version of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's that kind of thing. Like, it's just, it's, it's finding out what do they love in the same way yeah. you went to see Pokemon, the arena experience. I'm now curious right? if there's ever been a Shrek on ice. Um, 
I don't think it's big enough. I bet you they have. I bet you they have. Yeah, here it is. I just Googled it. Shrek on Ice, presented by Gardens Figure Skating Club. This is a local one. Um, right. Like, I just don't think, especially with the younger, younger, because the thing yeah. is, is like, there are three-year-olds who watch Elf and love it because he screams and, you know, right. there's lots of colors in Elves. Right. Um, and you could take your three-year-old to this and they would have, they would, they would be have a the time of their life, I'm stimulation sure. Stimulation and that whole thing. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Um. So that's I think it just has that broader appeal. Um, because the thing is as well with with pantomimes, mm-hmm. they're all modern retellings of these classic tales, right? Do you know what I mean? Right. Everything is anachronistic. Yeah. Um. So you recognize it even if you're really young, right? Because all the references they're making, things that they're wearing, dances that they're doing, are TikTok dances, right. or you know all of these things that they know um the the story is literally just the framing device yeah right yeah and it was the same thing here that was just the thing to get from a to b it just happened that that they could pull the music it was just a very high quality framing device you yeah know I mean? because it's a proper book musical right and so they don't have to just like make it up they can right, actually exactly. pull the thing shoehorn this pop song in That's... Like, not at all and th- so that was the thing that i think surprised me yeah right? was because these arena spectaculars when you're getting fifteen thousand people in yeah right you need to have that pop song you need to have that thing that everyone will know right right nobody would have known those songs right exactly right and it was interesting actually so see when they did the sing a christmas song reprise mm-hmm. um before the, and he's talking about like all you need to do is sing yeah right they had this kind of awkward beat before they actually started the cue for a song oh it's when she's coming through the crowd that's what it was yeah and like people in the audience were just starting to sing like we wish you a merry christmas (laughs) jingle but i mean because they thought that's what they had to do right they didn't realize that's actually a cue for a a song that's in the musical right and then the song started and it was fine and they listened to it and they applauded and they were there for it yeah and i think that's why i was like I love this That's because so... people yeah. are appreciating musical theatre. It was just an extremely ambitious production of it. That is so bizarre to me. It's just like there was there was nothing in it that I was like, "That's doesn't make like that wouldn't make sense." Right, right. Even uh, well, maybe the decorate the Christmas tree. Yeah, here's a big Christmas tree on wheels. Right. We'll take that take that bit out. But the like policemen, the two New York cops, yeah, like yeah, again a classic yeah. American trope that we all know and, and love as in Brits as two clowns. Like I just love that. Yeah. Um, the like gymnastic Santas, the aerial stuff. Like it was just all very heightened sure. stuff based in this world. Yeah. Um, and I was a total fan of it. That's which cool. I did not expect. I'm gonna have to look this up. I am so intrigued. Yeah. If you just search, I think... Like, I'm sure it'll pop up. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it'll be in the show notes for you, listener, right now. You exactly. Go on this journey with me. Oh, it was Kim Marsh. Not Kim Wilde. You Kim got Marsh. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Syrup. So, tell you who didn't like it. Oh. Syrup. A somewhat rewritten version of the film, which uh-huh. the kids didn't appreciate or understand. Stale humor, slow dialogue, and generally a very poor and boring experience. Kim Marsh giving her own daughter a special mention at the end was stomach churning. Would not go back or recommend. Wow, scathing. Absolutely. Awkward, terrible banter, 
aggressive and trying desperately to be funny, save yourself an evening and go buy the film on TV. So this is, do you know what I mean? Like, this is it. This is all these people, I guess, who were like going in. Exp- I don't know. What were they expecting? What are they How expecting? could you do the film? I mean, like, like when I, when my, it is the film. When my parents take me to Disney on ice, they're not like looking for high art. They're looking for like, here's a fun thing to do with a six year old. Like, absolutely. Wild. So maybe the maybe the t- the ticket prices were too. That's fair. High. I maybe that's that. what it was. Yeah. Um, but like for example, so I was very surprised by Kim Marshall's performance, especially she looked bored and miserable. I don't think they realized that that was the character. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because she she did. But it's because her character that's, is miserable. Man, I wish we could do this more often. Where you give reviews of reviews. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Then we had four women in front of us that wouldn't shut up. I asked them to do it too quiet, but they wouldn't. I really think there should be staff about keeping an eye and ear out for things like this. It's a 15,000 seat arena. Don't they actively encourage you to like cheer and sing along? Ex- like, there's no point. And also, the sound systems, you could hear it from space. I'm like, sure. <laughs> bunny. I love these reviews. Oh, there's someone. Great family day out. That's that. well, this pales in comparison to the interesting production of Elf that I wanted to bring up. Um, right. The or I guess mine pales in comparison to the arena production. Um, but the New National Theater in Japan did Elf this year. Um and I also find this fascinating. And am yeah. not am nearly not well versed enough in how Christmas is viewed in Japan. Um Right. <laughs> Other than kind of a vague understanding that it is very much an American holiday that has made its yes. way into Japan. Um, but The only thing that I think I know about it mm-hmm. is that it's more of a time, like it's a bit more like Valentine's Day. Like yeah. Christmas is for you and your lover. Okay. As but... opposed to family, like it is for us, I think. And New Year's is more about family. Fascinating. Well, That's the, the only thing I know. The the new National Theater is a, a huge theater. Like this is a wildly you know popular and important theater in Tokyo, um, and and they did Elf. Um, and it is always interesting. I've had a couple tangential conversations with people on the internet about like what happens mm-hmm. when a musical gets translated into its not original language. Um, mm-hmm. And I always find this fascinating when it happens. And in the clips you can see from this Japanese language production of Elf. I'm always fascinated by the parts of the lyrics they keep in English and the parts they translate, because usually mm. that's what they will end up doing um, as kind of like a, a middle ground of here's the experience. We can keep some of the rhymes and also we can help you understand the story by translating it into, you know, a, a yeah. more uh, audience understandable language. Um, and of course the things that, translated were all the plot stuff and the things that didn't translate were like santa buddy the elf happy christmas um it's just it's fascinating to watch i want to know more i wish i had found it a little before recording time so i could yeah i know look into it a little more also it would help if i could uh you know read Japanese. japanese yeah yeah um but it is another fascinating you know i'm always fascinated when things that strike me as very Amerocentric seem to become popular to not American audiences. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was even surprised to see that because I know there's a huge musical theater scene in 
Japan. Like, yeah, it's totally. Huge and popular music. But Elf isn't. It's not a popular musical. musical. Yeah. Do you know like, what I mean? That isn't like the. Oh my God, it's Elf. But they go, even an institution. Like yeah. it is. That's what it is now. Like it is just that institution has yeah. blown its way all the way over to the East. Um, I'd be fascinated to know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've, they never come on our radar if we do, but if we do have any Japanese listeners, mm-hmm. like, if you. Yeah have any sense of this and could help us oh i want to know there's so i i find threads of interesting uh japanese musical theater like you know like when i'm doing research for a thing and find a really interesting clip of something here and then i can't get any deeper and i want to yeah you know it is a huge it is certainly a huge blind spot blind spot in my musical theater world and i want to know so much more about it and i just don't have a way in yet Japanese cash cash recording of cats is very good. Yeah, there. Uh, I've seen clips of um, uh, their Wicked, um, or at least some Japanese production of Wicked. It's bonkers. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have the cash recording of cats on CD. That's why I brought it up. Of course you do. Of course you do. Of course I do. And uh, the the trailer for this production of Elf will be in the show notes. It will, and it's the buddy's really cute. <laughs> Quick, hop on my Segway. Where are we going with that segue? I don't know. I just don't want to get into the trap where we thirst over another performer too much on the podcast. Okay, yeah. Listen to the Muses episode. Nobody cares. 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 Santa's overrated. I kind of get the feeling that New York is Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of newsies, Warner Brothers. That's Disney, though. <laughs> I know, I know. But speaking of, you know, huge institution. Yeah. So this is um, a Warner Brothers theatricals endeavor, mm-hmm. uh, and it is, you know, the other thought I had listening, watching this is like those also all feel the same. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, what else? Hold on, I had the list. I lost the list. <laughs> Give me a second. Most recently, Beetlejuice, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Elf, um, Bridges of Madison County, um, and then a couple plays, Misery, um, the Dr. Zhivago, um, and then, uh, bizarrely, Curious Incident is also Warner Brothers. Um, 
which surprises me every time I reread that. Um, yeah, I know. But is, you know, always fascinating to me because Warner Brothers is trying to elbow its way into Disney's territory here, yeah. um, thinking, like, we can make a buck uh, adapting our things. Um, but so I got curious, Jimmy, and I looked up. What do you think? Uh, don't look in the show notes. <laughs> um, what do you think Warner Brothers is working on next? Well, I, I, I did look in the show notes. Yeah. I do know what that is, but I've never seen this film. Have you? you You've never even heard of the film Dave that I had to look nope. up to understand. Nope. Um, never. Dave. So this isn't a big film, is what you're telling me. Dave the musical has already gotten a tryout performance directed by Tina Landau in Washington D.C. You can look up clips. I don't know how I hadn't heard about this. Um, Fascinating. That has not popped in my. Dave is a. Oh ni- my god! The cast. Yeah. Dave is a 93 um, movie about the, uh, the, my understanding is the, the president uh, has a problem. And so they find someone who looks exactly like the president to pretend to be the president. His name is Dave and hilarity ensues. Great. Um, we love some mistaken identity. It's a musical. So that got a tryout. Um, 17 again, got a tryout in California somewhere. I think I did know that. Um, so those are the ones yeah. that have, have, hit the ground already um the other two that i got word of um his broadway vacation they're calling it which is like have you ever seen like national lampoon's christmas vacation or like i've never seen them but yeah the the griswold's films it's Uh it's that but to broadway maybe um and then a movie another movie i'd never heard of mr saturday night which is starring and directed by billy crystal and is kind of about the life of a Billy Crystal-esque comedian, um, is also in the works, allegedly, with Jason Robert Brown. Right. This is also weird to me, because Warner Brothers is coming off the back of Beetlejuice being immensely, spectacularly successful. Yeah. And Warner Brothers has other ventures that are as cult classic-y as Beetlejuice's. You know what's not on the list of those? Dave. Right. But maybe it will be. Maybe. Like, maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to find some lesser-known thing. Um, but like, I ju- look at... Because if you look at the journey that Evan Hansen did, you know yeah. what I mean? It went to Arena in Washington, and yeah. then it came over to New York, and it did very well. Yeah. I watched some clips of Dave. It's not bad. It's not... Yeah. You know, I need to see more. Um, certainly, it'll be a minute. Uh, yeah. But I was just curious, like, you know, if you were the the Warner Brothers, Jimmy, what Warner Brothers IP needs to be adapted? Cause, because I assume this is a conversation that happens from time to time. Yeah. And yeah. an artist didn't think, oh, you know what should be a musical? Elf. Let me call up Warner Brothers. Like, right. it happened the other way around. Warner Brothers was like, we got to make this a musical. Well, more successful. Yeah. Who do we call? Um, yeah, and I think that's pretty par for the course for how a lot of these Warner Brothers shows get made. Um, Look at some popular Warner Brothers films. You know, Pasek and Paul weren't like a Christmas story has always deserved to be a musical. But how do we convince Warner Brothers to let yeah. us do it? What would be good? God, they've done a lot, haven't they? Old Warner Brothers. I am Legend, the musical. <laughs> that would work. 
the Lego movie. Bring that on stage. That would be That's fun. an interesting... Like why, like, why hasn't Lego already... Like, why isn't there the Lego theatrical... That's, you know that's I mean? true. I wonder, everything else. I wonder if there's more licensing stuff too. And perhaps that's what we're seeing is like, because Warner Brothers exclusively owns Dave, whereas mm. like has inherited, say, Scooby-Doo, right? But maybe right. there's some weird licensing crossover from Hanna-Barbera's sale to Warner Brothers that prevents Scooby-Doo yeah. the musical from hitting Broadway. Actually, there's one I was speaking to my friends about the other night. Yeah. Casablanca. Ooh, you know, it's got the name. I don't know if it, if the plot fits a musical pretty well. What does? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when was Beetlejuice ever going to be a musical? That's true. Well, yeah. I, I would never have pegged that. And yeah. they had to transform it quite greatly. You yeah, know what I mean? that's totally um, fair. And you've already heard my thoughts about keeping in the the song from the film and the, yeah. the show. Um, yeah. I, you know? Space Jam, although they're going to reboot that Space as a movie, but they I, are, aren't they? Yeah, I think that'd be a great movie. Like, there's so musical. many. This is I, or musical, yeah. There's so many on here. You know, the Iron Giant musical would be fantastic. It would be like King Kong, though, and it would therefore it would be bad. It would just be about the giant. It'd be about the giant, and they could do a really cool giant. But, but like, why? But actually, what I will say is, yeah. that's a very Warner Brothers theatrical thing to do, right? So, like, what is keeping them, you know, I'm so curious about, like, do they have a big wheel that they spin? Like, how yeah. do these discussions happen, you know? Yeah. It's just, I find it so fascinating it's, to me. I think, yeah, it is an interesting one, actually, because I wonder if they're just, like, we're not good at this. Sure. Do you know, like, I wonder if they're just, like, like this isn't our strength and we don't know why we don't nail it. Because yeah. even Beetlejuice, as successful as it was, it wasn't down to Warner Brothers, it was down to TikTok. Yeah, and it still feels like kind of an accident. But I do wonder, perhaps there are now on the heels of Beetlejuice, because I would imagine Dave and et al. are not post or not very much post Beetlejuice reactions. Like they were just kind of what they had piddling. Um uh -huh. I wonder if Beetlejuice has shifted some of their strategy and it's just not public yet potentially like yeah maybe maybe we'll see you know or maybe we we're going to see a bit more of a a renaissance but i i don't know i just think disney's very good at it yeah warner brothers right? still has to figure it out but yeah. i think so here's the thing disney's not very good at it and i want to like there's some nuance there the stuff disney does is successful but mm -hmm. Disney hires talented artists mm -hmm. who also get hired for Warner Brothers projects. Right. But I just think Disney uh, is weird because we've spoken we spoke with Disney like two minutes ago yeah. and about me drinking the Disney Kool-Aid. Yeah. But I just think Disney know how to work with talented artists. Sure. And how to nurture them and how to get the most out of them. Yeah. I mean, maybe. We'll never know. I, it makes me sad. We literally, that's, a, that's the annoying thing, is that we literally will. There's no yeah. thicker curtain yeah. than these but institutions. I, but I do think it does, you know, you've put here, and I think this is a worthy question, is Elf the Musical a commercial cap, cash grab or a worthy show, a worthy piece, yeah. piece of art? And I, the, the arena show has tilted me, has tilted my dial in a direction that I wasn't initially headed. Yeah. 
But the arena show, I think, has only come out because it's a product of how successful the musical was in the UK. Sure. And in a way, the arena show is just a licensed production right. of the musical. In the, same, I mean? in the same way, uh, in all honesty, the uh, New National Theatre Japan production is licensed by MTI Theatricals. Like Right, right, exactly. Um, they'll have just had permission. This is and conjecture, but I imagine they've just had permission to do these extra things. Yeah, sure. But it does, you know, it begs the question, like, I would wager on on the scale of, like, types of art that we talk about on this podcast, let's limit it yeah. to that. The The plot of Elf is neither terribly revolutionary nor terribly important to share with this world. No. We're not no. changing like, hearts and minds with it. Absolutely. To the point where, when we before we recorded this, we were like, what do we talk about? Right. Because we can't spend hours poring over the relationships between X, Y, and Z. Because and, and even not there. the music is fine and good and unremarkable. Satisfying yeah. and catchy enough and nowhere near revolutionary. It is what yeah. it is. Um, the whole thing is exactly what it is, right? It, it feels like exactly. that. Um, Which certainly leans more into the cash grab realm, right? right? But we know these writers. Yeah. And they are, we know that they do take it seriously. Right. They're not just phoning it in. Well, and even, you know, the, you, you look at the, the two Broadway casts and they're a bunch of familiar faces, you know, uh, who knew Elf would be, uh, 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 what's his face from Avenue Q on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, Brian. Was it? Brian plays Elf in one of the incarnations of Elf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Okay. You can see the clip on Mason. Don Tertalia? Uh, no, no, no. The guy. Um, disappointing. When I oh, was Brian. little. Brian. Yeah. He plays Buddy? Uh-huh. On the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Wow. Right? Beth Lavelle played the mom both times, I think. Like... Yeah. These are Broadway people we know and love and adore and deserve work, right? Uh-huh. And uh, what a great way to get them some, you know, pretty solid work for a minute. I mean, yeah, but, but the thing is as well, it's like, it, it's also not bad. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're right. Right? It's, it's like, it, it is still perfectly serviceable, perfectly enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't, funny. I don't know. I prefer it to Shrek. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know what, like, asking the question, commercial cash grabber worthy show, and I'm, like, running through my brain, like, what did, how did, how did, for, and this is pretentious and gatekeepy of me, so I apologize for all the words that are about to spew out of my mouth. <laughs> but things that make, like, whatever we would call a worthy show to me somehow mm -hmm. see, must, like, tip the dial of musical theater experimentation or revolution st in some tiny way. Like, do something new or interesting or in a way it hasn't been thought about before or reinterpret uh -huh. something in a new and interesting way. Yeah. Elf doesn't do that. But I don't know how it would. I don't know what I want it to do to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, we need to move so far away from the original Yeah, like, like full-on Lion King style. like, And by right. then, the powers that be aren't going to say yes to it. No. Because then it's not accessible. Right, exactly. And I will say, perhaps this, this uh, uh, 
approach was part of the death knell of the uh, stage frozen thing um, thing musical. Wow. Words, Tommy. Um, But like frozen tried to kind of come outside of its bubble from the musical just a bit, but not enough. And so the things that weren't the movie felt weird. And then the rest just felt like the movie. Um, And so it's kind of like you have to jump all fully outside of your circle. If that's the tact you want to take. Yeah, you're right. And I think this does have its own, it has its own identity separate from the film. Like the characters are different just enough. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it works. So I don't know. I think the jury's out on that one. Like it's, you know, I, I like to think that it has just become a commercial, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, and that it wouldn't nearly be as successful as it was if it wasn't. Yeah. As good and as thoughtful and as well written. Yeah. I will say there were plenty of, you know, whenever I'm looking this up, I always like looking at high school productions that have snuck their way onto YouTube of stuff like this. Yeah. And one of the things I didn't enjoy is, I mean, certainly a lot of high schools do this show, but a lot of high schools have done the show in like April. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a Christmas show. It's just a Christmas show. And if a high school's doing it in April, that says something about the quality of the work. Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah, it is. It's still, in the same way that if you watch Home Alone 2, Lost in New York in April, you're going to have a great time. You're going to be really excited for Christmas when it comes. Right, exactly. Except Home Alone 2 doesn't have Santa as a character in it, right? That's true. Right. Even more so, Elf is like, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. This is a story of Christmas. I am Santa Claus. Welcome to Christmas. Here we go. Happy April. But that is a good point, though, because it's not like Santa... It's still the story of Buddy the Elf. Yeah. Rather than the story of Santa. Sure. It's a weird conversation that we're having now. (laughs) Um, But like, if it was Miracle on 34th Street, right, Mm. which is Santa-centric. Right. That would feel weirder, yeah, than I think this does, yeah, because Santa's just there. But like, I I think what I'm saying is, no one watches the movie Elf in April. It's yeah, not. Maybe. It's not on. It's not on. It's not TBS. On. Yeah. Right. You won't yeah. stumble across it. And yeah. and for a, a whole group of high schoolers and a, you know an adult to be like, this is a show we're gonna do in March. Yeah. And and people will come see it, and that will be fine. Yeah. Speaks to, like, I don't think, you know, people certainly don't do that with any Christmas Carol adaptations. They don't do it with a Christmas story. Like, no, nobody does a Christmas story, though. That makes me sad. That's true. It's fucking great. But, like, there, there, are, there are plenty of Christmas centric um, theatrical productions to endeavor mm-hmm. upon, and none are done outside of November, December. Save for Elf, yeah. which I've seen plenty of productions done in February, March, April, May. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's the best musical ever. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> There's no denying. Oh, God. Cancel the podcast. That's it. We're done. You thought it was wicked. No, 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 sir. <laughs> it's L. Be nice. You know, whenever these things come out, someone's going to be like, I've been waiting for this one forever. I've already, I didn't say it was bad. I said the opposite. I said it was very good. I sense an air of sarcasm in your voice, though, when you say it is the best musical Who ever. gave the gatekeeping speech? And Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> but...
<laughs> the thing is, though, right? It'd be interesting to look at like percentages and things like that of how much money this show has made. I did. I pulled up their grosses. Um, it did pretty well both times, at least on Broadway. Um, it did extremely well for how short a span. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it broke records. The the first run was between eighty and ninety percent capacity, or between eighty and one hundred percent capacity. This whole run. Yeah. Um, its second run in O twelve, um, was a little less bottomed out at seventy six percent, but still hugely popular. Um, yeah, you know, so super super successful. Extremely Sell, successful. Sells well and in the city of Christmas, New York. That's it. But that's in you know like a Christmas story didn't do that. Yeah, that's fair. Is it just the IP? I don't know. Because it's not, I think, you know what I think it is, Jimmy? It's the same reason why the movie has done so well. The movie is both really, really good and fine at the same time. Yeah, it's just so easy. And, like, for its time, it was really, really good. Yeah. And it has maintained fine levels of existence. And I think that has carried over to the musical. Is that the musical is fine. Yeah. Perfectly serviceable. You heard it here, folks. Best musical ever <laughs> is perfectly serviceable. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, that's probably correct. Um, Put that on the poster. Good <laughs> job, right. Everything seems That was Elf. Elf. We saved Christmas. Yay! I'm feeling Christmassy already. How many days? Uh, 300 and something. 63. <laughs> Can't wait. Counting down the days. Plenty of time but to hey, do your Christmas shopping. That's a different show. Good point. Um, to tide us over. Yes. Would you like a, a quiz question? I would. And Jimmy, will you make this one easy this time? Nothing obscure, sure. please. Sure. I think someone gave us some dissing in, in, on Twitter about <laughs> that this one was really easy. So enjoy. <laughs> <clears throat> if the subject of this musical played basketball for the NBA, he'd be in the top five for basketball players with the largest hands. What show? Easy, easy as pie. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can hit us up on our show Twitter and Instagram. That's at Jim and Tomic. Or drop us an email on our website, JimandTomic.com. We also have merch, too. Check out merch on the website. T-shirts. Merch. Ah! Um, And I know. And lastly, there's a a link in the show notes with an invite to our newly formed Discord. Hit up that link. It expires soon. So uh, get there now. But if you miss it, there'll be more later. Exactly. Um, and hey, if you would like to financially support the show, um, that would be extremely nice. Uh, we have a Patreon that you can find on our website. Um, as usual, we want to give a big shout out and a big thank you uh, to all of our current patron 
Yes, absolutely. For being wonderful people. Um, they're all enjoying our uh, video podcast uh, called Last Call, where we chat. What did we chat about this time? We chatted about Tonys. All, we talked about Tonys. We talked about our Christmas gifts. Absolutely. Yeah, we go real life BTS. <laughs> behind, pulling it. back the curtain, behind the curtain, behind the curtain. You're damn right. But we have a lot of fun over there. It's a ton of fun. Um, yes. But most of all, it really helps us out. Tell your friends all about our show. Um, that is really <laughs> our best means of getting it out there. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening. And Jimmy, cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Nice. (laughs) Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. You will taste man, children. (laughs) No, doesn't make any sense. But do you know where that's from? Nope. Lord of the Rings. Ah. You taste man flesh. And, and my axe.